Hi, and welcome to my podcast, Jack to the Future. From science and inventions to pollution and recycling, I talk about what's changing in the world, the future, and how we can help with that. Every month I'll talk about a different future theme. For example, the future of science, tech, sustainability, reading, music and all sorts of other ones. The future of everything. Did you know? You can find me on Facebook and Instagram as Jed to the Future and on YouTube as Jack to the Future. Follow me to get behind the scenes info, access to the previews about my next episodes and much, much more. This week's episode is about the future of clothing. I'd like to talk to Katie Carr today, owner and founder of Tommy and Lottie, which is a unisex, ethical and sustainable gift brand. We talk about her business, the difference between fast and slow fashion, sustainable materials and what people could do to make their clothes last longer instead of buying new ones all the time. We discuss what clothes shops will look like in the future and whether they will actually exist and how technology is influencing customers' behaviour when they're shopping. What do you think the future of clothing might be? There's a few problems, I think. Something has to change. First of all, waste. We're big waste makers. Food packaging and clothes is no exception. Did you know that The Economist reported in 2020 that 300,000 tonnes of clothes in the UK end up in landfill? Or to make it a bit easier to understand, a bin lorry worth of clothes is going to landfill every second in the world. This means that they are burned or buried in landfill each year. What a waste are all those unhealthy gases for us and our planet. The second problem, which actually has a lot of things to think about, is what clothes are actually made from, where the materials are and how do they get to us, all that kind of thing. You may have heard my song on video on social media. What are you wearing? Do you look at the labels in your clothes? Do you look for clothes that are made from sustainable materials? What are they actually made from? What does the label say? Fashion industries don't always say exactly how much is recycled in their clothes, if at all. Labels are confusing. Greenpeace reported that the fashion industry actually used 10% of the world's carbon emissions and 20% wastewater, which is more than aeroplanes and boats. As usual, we did our research for this episode and the future of clothing is definitely starting to see a shift to slow fashion, but we've got a long way to go yet. Interestingly, nearly half of fast fashion retailers have reported less people buying their clothes as customers are beginning to look for brands that support the environment. I'd like to welcome my guest today, Katie from Tommy and Lottie, ethical and sustainable gift brand for adults and children. Hi Katie, lovely to meet you. Hi Jack, so nice to meet you too. Thank you. This is going to be a great podcast. I'm sure it will be. Thanks for having me. What is your job and why is your business special and unique? I suppose when I'm a founder of a small business, you end up doing lots of different jobs. So it's really exciting. I do everything from design to all the social media and marketing and blogging. And also doing all the sort of creative stuff for all photo shoots and that type of thing. So it's really interesting. I'm the founder of Tommy and Lottie, which is an ethical and sustainable gift brand. And we're based in St Albans, Hertfordshire. And it's named after my two children. I did wonder whether your children were called Tommy and Lottie, but I didn't really know. And... I was right. The reason why we're quite unique is we not only offer ethical and sustainable gifts, we also help save species. We protect their natural habitats, which include bees, butterflies, orangutans and polar bears. And we donate money to sales of three wildlife charities. And these include the Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust, the Sumatran Orangutan Society 
and ocean generation via work for good. And the reason why I'm passionate about we do this is because all species and wild spaces play a vital role in the health of our ecosystems, biodiversity and future of our planet. What's your favourite animal, Jack? Um, most people find it quite scary, <laughs> but I love tarantulas. Do you? Yeah, I've actually held one before. Yeah, I adopted it. Lula tarantula. <laughs> it wasn't harmful at all. She just crawled in my hand and sat on it and didn't really do anything. No. Unless you harm it, then it will harm you. Yeah, what's your favourite animal? That's really hard. I do like the orangutan a lot. Um, I also like dogs. I like lots of animals, really. All the products we make are unisex, good quality and made to last and making it easier to hand down. As a business, we're committed to the fair treatment of people, animals and the planet. And our ranges include unisex embroidered organic cotton T-shirts and sweatshirts for children and adults, backpacks made from recycled plastic bottles, screen printed baby wear collection, animal wall prints and plantable seed cards. Yeah, definitely the rucksack with the orangutan cartoon sort of picture. That was my favourite one. That's it. Yeah, that's a good one. It's cheeky, that one. <laughs> and also the drawings, like the orangutan and the butterfly and the bee, they're really, really good. The drawings are amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I draw them. And then my dad, he's a graphic designer. So he does my graphics and makes it into a bit more of a neater design before it then gets ready to be printed or embroidered oh yeah that sounds really cool so you've got a different family member included in your business so well you've got lots of family members obviously you've got you your children and your dad yeah yeah what is fast and slow fashion i'll start with fast fashion so fast fashion is cheap disposable throwaway fashion it's made fast and it's mass marketed by retailers in response to the latest trends oh yeah like mm. when people go on the catwalk and you see their clothes that's not good and then next day you see that exact same clothes but less amount of money but it looks almost exactly the same and the materials used are cheaper and more likely to be synthetic so materials like polyester nylon and these are contributing to the microplastic pollution problem we're facing in our oceans and food chains yeah i didn't realize until i started researching for this episode that polyester was actually a type of plastic called pet 60 percent of pet is used to make fabric not just water bottles and single-use plastic so that's definitely bad yeah yeah yeah, high percentage of clothing contains some form of polyester and then slow fashion is the opposite it considers the resources, the processes and the impact the garment has on the environment. It's not necessarily reacting to trends, but it's more about offering well-made quality garments that last and usually are made from more natural and less toxic materials. It's a much fairer treatment of people, animals and the planet. So I definitely agree with you. Yeah, that was the answer I was definitely looking for. Thank you. Um, right. Oh, yeah, because slow fashion, it's more expensive because it takes longer to make, like you said. Uh, talking about fast fashion, I think we heard somewhere that children worked in the factories in spaces when they're quite poor and things like that, like Africa. That's not good. Slow fashion is the opposite. They wouldn't have to work there and also much better for the environment. And can I talk about the ACAC? I don't know how to pronounce it, but what is that? Oh, yeah, Ocatex. So that's when you have your clothing made and dyed, it's dyed with obviously a substance. And a lot of that contains toxins that are actually oh. not that good for you or that good for the environment. So when something's certified Ocatex, it doesn't use anything that's bad for the environment or for people. 
Oh, cool. I wanted to know that because when we were reading your website, we wondered what that was. Even cotton uses up a lot of water and pesticides used on crop. That is correct, but not organic cotton. No, not organic cotton. So conventional cotton uses a lot of water and pesticides, but organic cotton does not use anywhere near as much water. In fact, it uses about 80% less water is used from organic cotton. We saw on the website that your material come by boat to the UK. Can't we grow cotton here? It's got to be hot. The India produce something like 90% of the global organic cotton and only 1% of the whole of cotton produced globally is organic, but it's going up. It's a shame we don't have the weather to grow it here because then there wouldn't be such a carbon footprint for clothes, would it? can't just grow organic cotton in a field that wasn't before organic because that soil has to have time it's not as simple as just turning on an organic no. farming the soil has to be correct you know when you really look into things it's not as straightforward as people think yeah, yeah i did a podcast on food and we talked about regenerative farming and how it does take time conventional cotton yeah it's not a very sustainable fabric but then if you wash it it doesn't release microplastics into our oceans and waterways so in a way it's better but that's the whole thing about sustainable fashion it's it's not just a one solution Mm, yeah what are microplastics microplastics are tiny tiny particles that we can't really see with our human eye that are released into the water when we wash our clothes or it's also in cosmetics and then it gets released into the oceans and waterways and it gets eaten by fish and then it's not good for them and then it can actually be eaten by us oh so it goes into the sea then the fish eat it and then we eat the fish which means we get the microplastics in our body oh i don't know the numbers i don't know the statistics of it but yes that's what's happening oh i bet that doesn't happen in the future because we could all get ill yeah there are things you can put your clothing in in the washing machine that then don't release the microplastics into the waste of water like a filtered washing machine yeah it's actually like a filtered thing yeah you put your clothing into and i think there's also filters you can now get for your in your washing machine cool that's again i don't know that much detail about that bit because i don't really specialize in that might be a good one to interview somebody that makes washing machines <laughs> the future of everyday appliances. yeah sustainable appliances for the future yeah that'd be good <laughs> after we did research for this podcast we looked at our clothing labels and we were a bit shocked mostly cotton but more or less all of them had polyester in them yeah, yeah they will do looks all of them like some of organic but barely any things like sweatshirt they're not 100 percent cotton because they can't be at the moment they have to be mixed with some form of polyester just because of the shape like a t-shirt you can do but a sweatshirt is a lot harder in my sweatshirts actually i've got recycled polyester within them and it's such a small amount it doesn't release hardly anything into the water if they didn't just wouldn't wear right wash right and no one would buy them i don't know any sweatshirts that are quite thick that are 100 percent cotton they won't be that's my understanding hmm I didn't know that. Yeah, it's very hard to get rid of it completely. Although slow fashion is much better for the environment, it is more expensive, which may be a problem if people can't afford them. It was like like electric cars, which are better for the environment, and many other things. This is just an example, but they're way more expensive. So mm. I think they should lower the price of that. And Yeah, uh, I'm actually waiting, though. 
for a car to be invented so I can actually use waste, a bit of garden waste or a banana skin, a bit like that's the future. Yeah, it's diffusion, yeah. Yeah. I really want that. I want that. <laughs> Just throw your rubbish in the top and then you can drive your car, free energy, yay. You could make something that uses a Mr. Fusion to turn it into organic cotton so you can make organic clothes. It'll be hard. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I suppose the whole thing with the recycled is it's happening with clothing. You know, there's T-shirts now that are made from, well, I won't use 100%, but made from recycled cotton or recycled clothing. So I think that's really exciting. And I think that's going to become more and more. The bags that I made are made from plastic bottles. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at that on your website. Are there any other ways that you think people could be more environmentally friendly when they're thinking about buying clothes? I think we're used to and accustomed to paying not much for clothing, which is actually something we've been doing for quite a long time. So we feel like we're having to pay more for ethical clothing. We're actually probably paying for what it should be charged for in the first place. I just wanted to make that sort of point. But the way to be more environmentally friendly when buying clothes is don't buy as many. (laughs) Obviously, you've got to buy some clothes. But wear what you've already got. Mend and repair your items of clothing. Patagonia, if you buy clothes from it, not your clothes that you've got at home. If you buy clothes from it and then you say it ripped or something somewhere, you send it back and then they repair it for you. Basically, it's good as new. That's a good one. Because I have like a broken pair of trousers and mum just said we're going to see how long they last until they actually break. No one's yeah. And it's quite, they've lasted for a really long time. Yeah, exactly. And it's even mending stuff now, you know, if you can mend things. That's what we used to do in the 70s. You know, everyone used to mend clothes and wear hand-me-downs. And I think we need to get back to that. We're getting back to that as much as we can. That's definitely a good idea to do at home, listeners. I like sewing, so I could do that. Do you? That's good. Uh, I'm not that good, but I could try. Upcycle or make changes to your items of clothing, i.e. you might want to put another patch on or a badge or something like that. Buy and sell pre-loved clothing. So places like Vinted, Depop or charity shops. Swap your clothing with friends and family. Yeah, that's a nice one. What we always do is every so often we make like piles of ones that I had when I was little go to my sister and we can make another pile that goes to charity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good idea. What do you think about renting clothes, like Rent the Runway online? Do you think it's good? Yeah, I think it's a really good idea. Yeah. And I think we have to remember COVID has had a bit of an impact in a lot of things like renting stuff and people being worried that it's unhygienic. But I think renting is a big area which is going to grow. Oh. It's already happening definitely with the designer and the more higher price fashion. But I think going forward, it also doing the slightly more the cheaper. I think renting will be a good thing. And then buy clothes that are made from more natural fabrics research and buy clothes from brands which have ethical and sustainable accreditations and certifications it was on h&m there's a new button that says sustainable clothing if you click it and type search and search for a specific item you can get it for more sustainable did you know that already yeah i know that certain brands and high street brands are doing a lot more about their sustainability so i know that h&m is one of those and a lot of people giving them bad press saying that they're green washing so they're saying that they're 
doing things when they're actually not. But I do know that they are investing quite a lot in sustainability as a business. So mm. Yeah, we watched a video that. of some of the labels said like 100% recyclable, 50% whatever. But actually, it's only talking about the label, not the actual clothing itself. Yeah. yeah, it's the same with something like organic cotton, though. So those terms are that you can call something organic cotton if it's I think it's 85% made of organic cotton. You know, to actually label it and say it's organic, you can actually have another fabric within that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just being clear to customers about exactly what it is. So you cannot say it's 100% if it's not 100%. And a lot of the cases, it's not always 100% or I'd question the 100%. So I think it's about being transparent to customers, building trust and being honest providing a breakdown of exactly what it means. Yeah, something if it's 100% that it actually is delivering 100%. And on labels, they also have, now you have QR code and it shows you, you can scan it and see the whole credentials about the organic cotton, where it's come from and that type of thing, all the information. Yeah, yeah it is. I've seen those labels before. Mm-hmm. A step in the right direction, I guess though, right? A really good online global movement is called the Fashion Revolution. So I don't know if you've ever checked them out. I think I've heard of that before. Yeah, they're worth looking at. It's a global movement which basically gets you to ask brands what's in my clothes and who made my clothes. So it's challenging brands to come up and talk about it and be out there with it. Yeah, I think I've heard of it before. For some reason, I was just looking up some fast fashion things and, I, and then I just found that website and I clicked on it and I read some of the things just like about the about page and it, it seemed quite good, actually. I'll just say how it started. So on the 24th of April in 2013, the Rana Plaza building in Bangladesh collapsed and more than 1,100 people died and another 2,500 were injured, making it the fourth largest industrial disaster in history. So that is where the fashion revolution came from. It's a global movement to say that this never, ever going to happen again. So it's really worth checking it out and getting involved. Yeah, that's awful, isn't it? Definitely we'll take another look. I think it's really about brands need to become much more transparent and honest and clear about their products life cycle really from from start to finish and even beyond you know after the consumer yeah some companies do have like a recycling scheme don't they where you can send the clothes back when you're finished with them yeah it's looking at it further than just oh, it's now with the consumer, it's down to them. I suppose it's giving them solutions. Sustainable as a word, I don't really like it because it doesn't mean anything. And that's why it would go back to that with brands. They need to show what actually that means. There are brands with websites that are really transparent. Sustainability isn't just about, oh, I've got a biodegradable piece of packaging that I send my clothing with. It's about a lot more than that. It's about the ethics of how people are treated and the fabrics you're using and how it's everything. And I think that's where people think you can just use it as a throwaway word and it's not. Yeah, sustainable. You know, companies don't actually, as what you said. Yeah, it's at that point. You need to be mindful, actually. And I think what's happened with buying things, not just clothing, is that it's a reactive emotional response rather than a mindful thinking about it conscious response and that's what marketing does so I think it's about changing how our behavior is actually until we did the research for this podcast I hadn't really thought that much about the way that companies sell us clothes and what they say it's so easy just to go online and order something quickly and there's so much choice we haven't really thought about that before and we need to be thinking about it 
I know from my podcast on fast food, when we looked at some statistics by The Economist, that people did a lot more online shopping during the lockdowns. So I wonder if that affected people's choices as well. Maybe they were feeling sad so they couldn't see their friends. And like you said, the emotion of feeling sad maybe meant that they bought some clothes to cheer themselves up without thinking about it. I do. And then buy less and buy quality and buy more things like made from recycled fabric. So you're getting things now made from recycled cotton and recycled linen and recycled hemp. So looking out for clothes that are made from that would be a more sustainable choice. We found a website called Bin and Omi. They grow horseradish plants and make clothes from recycled paint containers. So that's quite interesting. That's a very unique way of making clothes. Very good. And there's that Pinatex as well, which is the leather type fabric. Obviously not leather, but it's made from pineapple leaves. <laughs> Wow, that's cool. Yes, there's some really good things out there. It just needs to be more of it. (laughs) Yeah. So that's a few tips there. Thank you for the tips. We'll definitely use them because, yeah, they're just very useful for sustainable clothes and stuff like that. I've talked about loads of websites in this podcast. I hope this isn't true because people would lose their jobs. But do you think that in the future, clothes shops won't exist and shopping will be online? For example, Adidas are already using virtual reality dressing room. I think short term, they're still going to be fashion shops, physical ones. Yeah. But I think they're going to evolve and change. And they are already, probably. And they might not just offer the clothing. It might be more of an experience. I've been to shops where there's other things going on. There's experiences, there's workshops, there's talks even a coffee shop. So I think it's going to be more of an experience for a consumer. And also, so like you said about Adidas, the virtual reality has the potential to be a powerful channel for brand consumer interactions in the fashion industry. And obviously, it's already going ahead anyway. It's happening in things like the home industry and also beauty. So you can try on, you know, you can try different hair colours, different shades of lipsticks. That's happening now. So I think that that's what the experience will be more and more in fashion shops going forward. Potentially be more like it's a showroom. Because I still think there's a high percentage of people when it comes to fashion probably not the younger generation, but definitely the sort of middle generation, they still want to feel and look at clothing and fabrics and try them on. And I think that's where they still work in that. I think it depends on your age group. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, jobs will be different, I think, but not necessarily lost. I always like to try and see everything in a positive way. And to me, retail and not just fashion must and is changing And through change, there is always opportunity. So I think there's an opportunity coming and there's a big transformation happening in the whole of the world, (laughs) in our environment, in everything. So I think it's exciting. I agree with you. Yeah, it definitely is exciting. I think robot might help, but not replace it and the other part will obviously be us working together doing our job so i think it'll be a mix of both not just technology or ai yeah i said about adidas that they are using virtual reality dressing rooms to try them on and see what they are like the only reason that they need to develop is actually getting the feeling 4d i mean they have the feeling of the what you're actually wearing because like me i have sensory problems so i may not like certain clothes so if, if i had virtual reality i wouldn't know if i liked the feeling of the clothes or not so i think that's a problem too i do that's where the big problem is because i don't like certain things personally i'm a strange sizing and i will refuse to keep buying stuff and returning it because to me 
that's really bad for the environment to keep changing, sending stuff, sending stuff, because actually that's going to be transported and that's actually your carbon footprint. So I'm a big fan of actually feeling what I'm trying on what I'm buying. What we offer is it's not trend fashion. It's about quality sweatshirt. So it's capsule items. So if you want a really nice quality organic cotton sweatshirt that's going to last and wash really, really well and be handed down because it's unisex, it can be handed down to a, another sibling quite easily. Is there any other drawings and pictures that you've done? Yeah. So the first ever one I did was, well, there was three. It was the fox, badger and the hedgehog. Oh, cool. That sounds cool. So now you've got... Yeah, I think I've got in total 12 designs now. Oh, cool. A lot of them. Wow. Yeah. If I have a look at them, I'll definitely buy one of your T-shirts. Yeah, I'm excited to buy that and trying it on. Thank you. I'll have a look at all the different options and then I might choose the one with the picture I like the most. So what's the website address? It's www.tommyandlotty, that's T-O-M-M-Y and A-N-D, Lottie, L-O-T-T-I-E. Dot com, Listeners, be sure to check her website out because it's really interesting and there's loads of really nice clothes on there. Thank you. I think it's really great what you're doing, Jack. Thank you. Inspiring other people in your generation as well. The same with your business as well. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Thanks for inviting me on here. I really enjoyed the bit where we said about fast and slow fashion because I wanted to know the difference between them and what they mean. Hmm. Yeah, I thought it was quite interesting. You're welcome. See you. you. I hope you had a great time. Bye. That's all we've got time for today. I've learned a lot on this week's episode and will definitely pay more attention for the materials my clothes are made from in the future and before we buy them. What will you do? I've talked about some crazy inventions for the future that might help make clothes more sustainable, but actually it doesn't mean anything that high-tech. Hopefully in the future, clothes makers can use some information about what customers actually say before they want to design clothes so they reduce waste so they're actually making something that the customers will definitely buy. I guess it's really down to us and what we choose to buy. Like my electric car analogy, if sustainable options can be a bit cheaper, people are more likely to buy them. I know it's not that easy though. What do you think? Mum will put a link in the podcast description to Tommy and Luffy's website and the various website and videos that we watched when doing this research for this episode. Join me next time for another exciting episode of Jack of the Future.